Hello, I'm Charles Wyckoff, and it's a privilege to be here with Carmen Puliafito as part of Retina Synthesis. And today we have the absolute honor of interviewing a good friend and colleague of both of ours, Praveen Dougal. Um, Praveen, you have been an incredible leader in our space for a long, long time, certainly before I was a resident. Um, in 2020, you joined Iveric Bio as the Chief Strategy Officer, and then more recently became president, a big role of Iveric Bio. And while we definitely want to get into that sort of transition um, from clinical practice to Iveric and what that means in your current role, we want to rewind and go back to sort of earlier in, in your sort of career trajectory here. So, so to start that, Carmen, go ahead and plant our first question. Well, Praveen, we know that you're a clinician scientist and a now executive, but it all started back at Columbia where you were a comparative literature major. Tell us about tell us about that. Well, Carmen and Charlie, you guys are very kind to invite me here, and, and thank you for the opportunity. Um, it's it's particularly an honor to talk to both of you, and both of you have inspired me so much. Um, you know, look, you know, my my path personally as well as professionally has been fairly unconventional. Um, the the bottom line is that I actually didn't get into college. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if you know that or not, but um, I, I came here from having gone to boarding school in, in, a, in a school right, south, right outside of London called Harrow, and I grew up in Europe, um, and when I came to the U.S., um, you know, I, I, I realized that um, I, you know, I was free to go to parties and things like that, and unfortunately, it was the worst time to do that, and the fact of it is I actually didn't get into college, and um, I was ready to play squash professionally. And uh, as, uh, as I was playing in a tournament, they're just in, in what happens to be the Marion Cricket Club, uh, a, uh, a Columbia squash coach was there, or the Columbia squash coach was there uh, who happened to recruit me. And it's, it's not that I got in because of academics. I, I simply got in because they had no one else to play squash, I think. But I was very fortunate to get in. And once I was there, I was actually a little bit ticked off that I couldn't just go into pre-med. Um, you know, they had a two-year requirement, um, and I had to take all these classes that I never intended. And I'm, of course, I was very young. Uh, you know, I was—I was—I hadn't turned quite sixteen yet when I went to, when when I first when when I first enrolled. And uh, you know, I had to take these classes, and I absolutely loved uh, French and German uh, 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 Renaissance literature, and that's what I ended up doing. And uh, comparative studies at that time involved European literature, and I ended up uh, actually majoring and concentrating in Italian, German, German and French uh, Renaissance literature, which was great because you know, I would have never had that opportunity again. I, I, I won't tell you if I've read another book since, but I, I did lot, read lots of books then. But all through that, go ahead, John. Go, go, Charles, go ahead. But, but all through that, you knew you wanted to be a physician. I mean, what, what, what an incredible early story. And I didn't know that about you. That, that's amazing. So, so before you turned 16, you knew for sure you wanted to be a physician and you were, that, and that's where you were headed. Yeah, Charlie, it's, 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 you caught on on that. Yeah, you know, so I, I, I'm a refugee immigrant, right? So when I was growing up, uh, you know, my, my father was at, at political, uh, you know, uh, issues. He was he was he was uh, on the on the other side of the political system in Nepal, and uh, you know he was in and out of jail. My mother was the uh, first uh, woman who was really educated um, 
you know, outside Nepal and started an English speaking school, which is still running today. And my father had always told us, my brother and I, my brother's five and a half years older than me, to do something that, that would allow us to be independent. And in his mind, um, being a doctor would allow us to be independent. He did, he, I don't think he ever wanted us to be involved in politics or anything because of the, the, the issues that he's had. So my brother, uh, who's five and a half years older, who Carmen knows well, uh, decided that he was going to go into ophthalmology and he's a cornea refractive surgeon who is now retired. But I simply followed his steps and, and I, I knew that that's what I wanted to do given, given my, my parents' background uh, from, from being very young. And I simply followed his footsteps and uh, I decided to work on the back of the eye because I figured I could partner with my brother who worked in the front of the eye and I could do the back of the eye. And that's kind of how I got into it. So when you, you went on to UCLA for medical school and then on to USC for your residency and fellowship, and then you headed out to Arizona, a fast growing place. And uh, you, you established quite a, uh, a practice there. Can you tell us a little bit about your choice? Yeah, you know, you know, Carmen, I, I, I gotta say, it, it's, it's not something that, that <laughs> in retrospect, I, I, I did because I knew anything. It's, it, it's, it's really, you know, more of a chutzpah and, and, and the naivety that got me where I am. Uh, what ended up happening is, look, I was in USC and my mentor was, you know, were, you know Steve Ryan and Ron Smith, and they were very, very good to me. Um, you know, I had the fortune of, of, of uh, you know, studying under them and uh, they guided me to a fellowship with, uh, with Don Gass and Baston Palmer, which was, was the best time that I've ever spent. Um, and, and the thing that I would say about Don Gass is that he was the finest physician that I've ever met in my life, um, but he was even a better person than he was a physician. Um, and, uh, you know, he was just a wonderful person that I had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with. Um, so after that, I was in the traditional um, academic route, and, and I also realized that there were things that were happening that were really not traditional. And, and, and Carmen, you're one of the people that really inspired this in terms of what you did and how you were able to reach out of what, where you grew up in traditional academics. Uh, you know, first you started working with lasers and then OCTs and then you know, started working with industry. And I realized that that really was the path to progress. And uh, you're one of the main people that inspired me as to that. And I realized that to do that, you really needed to do clinical trials. And uh, as young as I was, I was impatient and I wanted to do clinical trials. It was, it was harder at that time, not, not anymore, but at that time in an academic institution. And I simply started looking at the demographics and seeing where I could grow a practice where there were the least number of retina people for the most number of people over the age of 55. And it was Phoenix, Arizona. And very naively, I just joined a nothing but a mom and pop practice and got absolutely nowhere for, uh, for 10 years. I mean, really got nowhere. I'd go to all these meetings that nobody would talk to me and I got nowhere, but but I did have uh, later on, I, I, you know, I did have some people that really helped me out a great deal. And, and again, you were one of them. Um, you know, there, there are many people that I didn't have the, um, the, the fortune of training with uh, that helped me out a great deal. You know, pe people like uh, Harry Flynn, for instance, um, and you and uh, Don D'Amico and others. 
um, you know, who took and, and Sandy Brucker and many others that that I that, you know that I can't mention here as a list, but we're great people that in, in our field, and they helped me through. We finally started a a, a practice where we developed. A, a large clinical trial center, Charlie, very much like what you've done so well, better than anybody else now. Um, and we grew that very well. Um, and then I got to a point where I started becoming a little bit more entrepreneurial and thinking, you know, what else can we do in, in, in medicine? And um, I realized that the business of, of, ret, of, uh, of medicine in general was limited, but we used a lot of services. And, um, and I thought, well, wouldn't it be great if uh, we owned the services that we use? Um, and then we started spinning off companies. And by that time, we had 11 companies. Uh, we had real estate companies, we had banking companies, we had an aviation company, for instance. Uh, we had two planes and five pilots, we had a nutraceutical company, we had ASCs with, with some ASCs. And that all went really well. So I sort of got a taste of being an entrepreneur there. Um, and then the opportunity came um, to really change my career and sell everything. Um, and, and, and that's when I kind of looked back at my personal life and my career and thought, you know, the best things that have happened to me have been have happened to me when I've stepped outside my comfort zone. And um, this was the perfect time for me to step outside my comfort zone again. And that's why I, I took the position that I that I did and really have never looked back and been very, very happy since. That's a phenomenal story and super insightful for, for a lot of people that are practicing out there that are interested in making small steps and in comparison to your, your, your big steps. But, you know, backing up one more time, you, you know, I've seen you present dozens, probably hundreds of times on podium over the last 10 to 15 years. And you really do have a unique ability to synthesize vast amounts of data and then articulate sort of a meaningful clinically relevant interpretation that people listen to and they hear in, in really a unique way. And I really found that quite, quite impressive from, 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 your, from your sort of podium stances over the years. How do you do that? How, how do you become the Praveen Dougal presenter on podium? What, what's your advice to the young retina doctors out there that are in academic you know, retina, whether that's university-based or, pra or private practice, I don't care, but they, they wanna participate. They wanna play this game and they wanna be part of, part, part of the movement of research. How do you do that in the way that, that's meaningful and, and valuable to the, to the whole community in the way that you have done? Well, Charlie, first of all, it's very nice of you to say. I'm not sure that that's entirely true, but it's nice of you to say. And from my point of view, it's really, you know, it, it, it really is very simple. Nothing really comes naturally in this, at least to me. You know, for a lot of people, it does, but it doesn't to me. You know, I'm not really that smart to, to, to be able to synthesize all this at once. It really is a struggle to learn these things. And, and the way that I look at it is to say, look, how do I explain this to somebody, you know, who's smart enough, but, but not really, you know, in, in the inner circle of this. And I always think of communication that way. You know, how can I, how can I make somebody understand, you know, who is, who is smart enough, but, but may not, may not be, an, may not be an expert, which, which is kind of where I am in any of this. And, and when I learn about, um, whatever it is that I'm presenting, um, you know, I really did learn about it a lot. I mean, I, I can't tell you, I'd almost be embarrassed to tell you the number of times that I uh, rehearsed talks and I, and, I, and I spent time sort of asking myself questions and, and answering it. And, and I guess what I would tell, the, tell you know, young folks is, is to say, you know, if you hear a good talk or if you hear somebody 
give a good discussion usually and maybe there are exceptions and there probably are because we've got such incredibly smart people in our in our field but but usually it's, it's not a natural process usually there's a lot of effort behind that and you have to be willing to put in that effort um you know i can't tell you how many times my daughters when they were young would come to me and say why are you talking to yourself and and i was talking to myself for hours and on a saturday and sunday in my office because i was asking myself questions and i was answering questions because i was anticipating those things um, but, but, but it does take a lot of effort, but you've got to love doing what you're doing. And then, you know, at a certain time, you know, you look at, you know, people that, that are the next generation like you, Charlie, and become inspired because you guys have so many more tools than I ever had. Um, and, and you guys will do so much better in terms of, 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 you know, going further. But, um, but at the end of the day, it is a lot of effort. Um, and, but it's, it's, it, I'm not complaining. It's, it's, it's just the way it is. And the message is, you know, it doesn't come naturally, at least to me, it didn't. It took a lot of effort, and uh, but it's very worthwhile effort. Super insightful. Thank you. And, and then another question for you. You know, you, you were one of the early supporters of the Wittbuckle Society. And, and, and this is a group that obviously has sort of resonated with sort of people that are coming out of training and younger in their profession. It's very different, you know, love the retina societies, Mac the societies of the world, but it's, but it's this younger group that it's focused on. And you were one of the early supporters of that. And everything that you do, I remember year after year, you would fly around to these meetings. You would make an effort to go to the, to sort of the pre-meetings, to prep for the meeting. You, you, you were a big supporter of that. What, what, how do you find time to support these other groups that are sort of a little peripheral to what your core, core objectives are in life? And yet, and yet you bring so much energy to so many other groups. How do you do that? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's very simple. I mean, I, I think I just kind of put the priorities where they are. And my first priority is spending time with my family and my children. Um, and, I, and I've never really lost sight of that because that's just the way I've been brought up. And um, I'm, I'm, I, that's still the case. Um, other than that, I really don't have any other hobbies or life, which is great. I mean, that's, that's, that's not something I complain about. I mean, I don't play golf. I mean, I, I, my ADD doesn't allow me to play golf. Um, you know, I, I collect and I, and, and, I, and I take wine classes, which is, which is what I'm doing now, which is fantastic, which is the only other thing that I do. But, you know, I, I, I guess what I would say is you've got to love what you do. And um, I, I, have, I have benefited so much from people that have mentored me when they didn't have to. Uh, when I've, when they people that have corrected me when they didn't have to, people that have advised me when they didn't have to, you know, people like Carmen. I mean, you know, I, I never had the fortune of training under Carmen. I wish I did, but I never did. You know, he came to Bascom after I left, and as you did. Um, but uh, the fact of it is that throughout, you know, my career, he supported me, mentored me, advised me, um, and it's just something that I haven't forgotten. And if, if I'm able to give a little piece of advice to somebody who's younger, um, you know, look, that's the least that I can do. I, I don't think I'll be able to match what I got, but I can, I can at least uh, benefit from that. And it's just fun. I mean, you know, you know, it's just fun hanging around younger people. It makes me feel younger. And as I lose more and more hair, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm hip again. <laughs> Okay, so now, 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 now bring us full circle to where we started. Now, now you join Iveric Bio, you, you supercharge Iveric in an incredible way, and now you're president. Like, how, what, what has that transition been like from full-time clinical practice into industry, and, and what's it like with, with the Iveric team now? Well, you know, look, first of all, it's not, it's not me doing it. It's a, it's, it's a team. But here's what I would say. You know, it's, it's, it's the, you know the, if there's one message that I want to convey to people is that the opportunity is enormous. And it's not a, 
it, it's not a one road here. It's, it's a wide open path. You know, what I've learned is, um, you know, we are on a rocket ship uh, as, a, as a community, uh, as a retina community. We have grown so much. Um, and Charlie, this is before you, but I think Carmen can, can uh, support this. You know, all of, you know, I, I grew up in an era where we're actually um, lasering the phobia in order to stop people from getting worse, right? And we would, and, and that was something that was really the standard of care. And I'm not putting it down, but I'm just thinking of how much progress we've made since then. And it's been lightning speed, you know, faster than any other industry there is. So in many ways, we're immature in our infrastructure. There are lots of people in, in oncology and rheumatology um, and other fields that are people like me, you know, who have been in, in clinic and who are now in industry and sort of form that bridge. But in our field, there's such a uh, dearth of people like that. And there's such a vacuum, there's such a need that there's all kinds of opportunities for people like that. And if there's an interest, you can really carve out your path any which way. People have done in many, many ways, people that I really look up to, people like Tom Chula, for instance, and Tom has, is practicing part of the time and doing this part of the time. People like Gil Klein and, and Emmett Cunningham. Emmett is still practicing, but here part of the time. Uh, Gil, Gil uh, Kleinman, who Carmen inspired, you know, Gil tells that story to me all the time, you know, that he trained under Carmen as a fellow and Carmen encouraged him to go to business school and then go ahead and, and go into industry. You know, Gil is one is somebody that inspires me. You know, people like that, but there are very few and far between, and there's such a need for that. And for me personally, I looked at this and said, you know, I, I really need to learn and I love the learning experience and it's all or nothing. There's nothing wrong with practice and I love every minute, minute of practice, but it was time for me to learn something entirely new. And that's the reason that I said, look, if I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this properly, I'm gonna spend full time at this and, and dive into this head first. That, I'm not saying that's the only way to do this or even if that's the right way to do this, but, but I just wanna make sure that I make that message clear, which is that there's an enormous opportunity to carve your path you know, into, into industry, however it is, be it for a little piece of, piece of the pie or a big piece of the pie, um, it's, 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 it's a, it's a great opportunity for people that, that are looking, looking for that. Super helpful. And, and then, you know, from a, from a company perspective, you guys have one pivotal trial completed with very strong positive data, another pivotal trial ongoing, fully enrolled, enrolled and rapid, you know, very, very rapidly during a COVID environment, impressive, but then you have a lot of early stage stuff also in development. You get, you guys have a, have a big pipeline. What, what's most exciting to you in the Iveric pipeline at this point? Well, I mean, obviously it would be the, the possibility of Zamora, uh, you know, being approved and, and that by far is most exciting because that is, is potentially a game changer, at least we feel it is. Um, but what I'm learning as I go through this process is, you know, it's not just turning the card, which is, which you figure, well, you're just going to, you know, wait until the card is turned. It's the processes that go, you know, to, to make that a successful conclusion. It's not just the turning the card, it's what happens the day after, right? And, and the execution of that. Um, it's, it's things that I never understood or realized, you know, how do you build up CMC? How do you build a commercial team? How do you build a medical team? Um, and, and those are all the things that I'm learning and, and I enjoy every, every bit of learning about that. 
Um, and the other part of the, it also um, in, in, in terms of the pipeline and everything else is learning about you know, interacting with people of, of different expertise. I, I spend most of my day you know, talking to people that are investors or analysts or strategics. Uh, I also have the opportunity to keep in touch with friends like the both of you um, and, 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 and continue to talk to uh, physicians. Um, but I also still have the chance to talk to patients, uh, which is great. Um, you know, patients that, that are, that, that, that we meet through physicians. So it's, and I also have the chance to talk to PhDs and scientists and so forth. And, and I think what I've learned more than anything else is sort of a change in your mindset as a physician. And, and this is probably why, you know, again, going, it's kind of a full circle, going back to your previous question of why I went to medicine. You know, part of why my father, I think, encouraged us both to go into medicine is to say, look, you have an entirely independent pathway that's not dependent on a government, that's not dependent on an institution, if that's what you choose, which is great. So, so we self-select ourselves to be fairly independent people. And, and I realized that's the way I was all this time. It was, look, this is my path. This is what I'm going to do. Either either you're with me or you're not kind of thing. And, and, and there was really not, you know, not, not, not such a need to be as collaborative as there is now. You know, now I'm in a different field where, you know, what I do is, is, I, is I collaborate with people and try to align them in a certain direction, which is a change in, in sort of how you think and a change in a mentality. It's not good or bad, it's just different. Um, and I'm learning that now, um, which is which is which is which is also a fantastic learning experience. So the learning experience is not just the technical part, not just the industry part or the discipline part. The learning experience is also really introspective learning experience of, you know, what you did well, what you didn't do well, you know, what you have to learn, um, you know, what what you have to what you have to change, um, and it's 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 been a fantastic journey altogether. Certainly impacted the field tremendously, and we look forward to watching your career continue to impact all of us. Thanks so much, Praveen. Really appreciate you joining us today. Well, you know, look, I would never be where I am without uh, the two of you as 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 friends, inspirations, and mentors. And you know, Carmen as as a mentor that I've had from the time that I started, and, and I, I'll never forget that. And, and Charlie. Uh, you as a shining light in, in the retina, uh, you know, somebody that I knew when you first came out of training. So I've, I've been very blessed to know both of you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.